Welcome to Casting Nets. On the we are in the northern campus of Casting Nets, so we are north of Maribel, and we are south of Green Bay. We are in this little neighborhood, the best place you've never heard of, Shirley, Wisconsin. And surely you've heard of it, maybe you've thought about it, but surely you must come here sometime. Um, Pastor Dave Rudot here. If I'm, you blink, you'll miss it. Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> The perfect setup. And then, uh, anyway, I'm here with Pastor Will Harley. Or am I here with you? Yeah, well, <clears throat> you are here with me. This is your I don't know home. who I'm with. <laughs> you know, I have to say, I, I just have to say that that I know for those people who are listening, and we thank you for listening, um, <clears throat> but if you were watching that little uh, intro, you got the little fish swimming around. That is awesome it reminds me of my fish tank when i had built my big fish tank and had the koi in there totally brought back good memories so awesome yeah uh so we are here talking about scandalous stories we're yeah. talking about last show last show on the scandalous stories yeah not last show forever from matthew thirteen forty four. so you can start opening it up as we talk about our disclaimer and uh the topic that we're talking about today and before we even begin we need to if we're talking about treasures today um, my wife is an absolute treasure. You just need a shovel and a map to find her. <laughs> if treasures could could grow on trees, they'd be called treasures. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, so we got those out of the way. So now the rest of the show should be productive. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One more. Do you know why pirates don't let their dogs draw their treasure maps? Because for dogs, P marks the spot. <laughs> I like that one. That one actually was pretty good. Okay. I like that. <laughs> so today as we're talking. I like a good dog. <laughs> today as we're talking about uh, scandalous stories and about God's word, it is a reminder to you that we do not speak for our churches or our church bodies. Uh, what you are listening to or watching is a conversation between two pastors. This is a beginning, meant to be a beginning of a conversation, not the end. We're just uh, uh, talking back and forth. We're letting God's word shape us, form us, uh, educate us. As we're looking at this story, we want you also to be educated and informed too. But sometimes that goes too far and an individual just is triggered. And that's certainly not our intent. So that's why we want here's you to- trigger warning. Yeah, so here's our trigger warning. So we want you to reach out to us if there's something that you don't like, um, even if it's a dad joke, I suppose. You can reach out to us at castingnetspod at gmail.com. You can email past. Will Harley or myself using that uh, email. You can visit us in person. Most of the comments we get are from people in person, which is kind of nice. I kind of like receiving comments in person rather than behind my back or to someone else. Um, so anyway, talk to us what in if person. What in person talking behind your back? <sighs> <laughs> does that happen at St. John and Maribel? People, I'm sure it, it does. <laughs> I'm sure it does. <laughs> so, my any, hearing's not so good. <laughs> So anyway, um, please reach out to us. We would like to continue this conversation. It's all about God's word, and we hold ourselves to the God's word and the Lutheran confessions. And so on the flip side, if you like what you are about to hear, you certainly can like and share. If you're listening on a podcast, give us a good review. Uh, you can give, if you are thinking of giving a review for me, only four stars. If you're thinking of five, of 
a review for Pastor Harley, give him five stars because if you give me five stars, my head will explode. You can give some stars, five stars to Will so that his head gets a little bit bigger. Yeah. It's got to be in proportion with the rest of his body. Yeah. I need that encouragement. So uh, I think it's about time maybe we start the show so they can get some, some good word. You know, we're we're in uh, the part of Matthew where we we've got a whole chapter pretty much on parables. I mean, they're just they're there are uh, um, Jesus is talking about his kingdom. Jesus is talking about his work. Jesus is talking to his people and saying, "Hey, I'm going to teach you something. I'm laying it out for you, so that you know um, what the kingdom of God is like and how this works." And and he lays it out there in some beautiful, beautiful words. We have but one short verse. words, yeah, two yeah. verses. Well, yeah. it, it, I want you want to do the pearl, don't you? You can't you can't do the treasure without the pearl. Completely understand, but I mean, in the whole section of chapter thirteen, yeah, right. it's more yeah. than two verses. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, whole chapter thirteen, two verses. Yeah, <laughs> no, um, but no, there's. I mean, he has a whole entire chapter dealing with the kingdom of God, and uh, and that's going to be part of the background of our. Uh, scandalous story today. Um, again, if you've noticed, we have been going through the book, Scandalous Stories. It doesn't deal with all of the parables, although all the parables are scandalous in some way. Um, maybe at some point we might revisit some of the parables at a different time for a different topic, but today is not that day. Um, and so let's let's read the, the two verses that are before us and then maybe have a conversation on the wider tale. Sure. So here we go, verse 44, we're reading from the Evangelical Heritage Version. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, when a man found, which a man found and hid again. In his joy, he goes away and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. When he found one very valuable pearl, he went and sold all he had and bought it. There Take it know. away, Will Harley. There, there is the two tales. Um, <clears throat> I, th- I think one of the things, so let's, if you can, so engage with me in this conversation and, and please, as you're listening, engage with us as well. Um, let's, let's work from how this is normally viewed and then we'll work our way backwards. Uh, so I think normally when we are talking about um, these particular parables, we are connecting them to ourselves. And and we we usually look at this, and maybe you've heard a sermon on it. Maybe you yourself have have gone here and said, um, this this is what I should do. I should value God's word as the that that treasure in the field, that pearl that I found. I should value God's word. I should value Christ so much that I am willing to give everything up for him for that, right? Um, and, and so so you would look at all of the martyrs of the church and say, see, look at what they gave up. You look at all, um, what's, what is the, see, what is the problem with viewing these parables that way? 
I don't necessarily view that as a problem. I see what I when I was reading that chapter, I felt they went too far the other direction. So maybe we can talk about that. But I, I, I don't I don't necessarily feel the idea of uh, of saying that if you give up something. Well, first of all, you have two different parables, two different situations. Somebody stumbles on the treasure and then sells all he has to buy the treasure. Someone's looking for a pearl then sells all they have to buy that pearl. So those are two different situations. Somebody stumbling on something and somebody seeking something out and finding it. Um, the idea of God's people giving up all they had is found in Scripture. The disciples say that to Jesus. We've left everything uh, to follow you. We have Paul saying, um, I consider everything a loss compared to Christ Jesus. Um, and Jesus talking about storing up treasure for yourself in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy. I don't see that that's a false interpretation to say that it's only about us and our treasure. I do see a danger in that we start thinking that we have to do something before we get that treasure. And then you go back to um, <clears throat> go back to what the scriptures say about the gospel. The gospel is foolishness to the unbeliever. The one sure. it the gospel reveals its own value. So sure. it's not that that people can make a decision and look at the the gospel independently and say that's a good thing and I want that. No, it is the gospel leading you to say this is a good thing and you want that. Um, so for us to say that this is a, a parable about we have to first do something before we get the treasure of the of the kingdom of God. I think that would be taking that too far. Well, and 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 I would push back just slightly because, and, and I'm not I'm not saying what you're saying is necessarily wrong. The pushback that I would give is, you know, this is this isn't a trail of parables, right? You you, you have. You have um, Jesus putting up this, there's a man, there's a man, he's, he's finding a field, there's a man, he's going out. Um, and right before it, you have a bunch of parables of a man doing the sowing, a man doing, and it's always that man is Christ. This, that man is Christ. This man is not us. We're not doing that. And so uh, my, my pushback on this is <clears throat> sometimes I think we get into this mindset that, okay, if I'm not seeking if I'm not finding, if I'm not stumped, if my heart isn't in the right place, then then all of a sudden the gospel glides over me or I miss it. And and then and then it seems whether you intend it or not, it becomes a lot of focus on self. Uh, and and really, you know, what do we have? We have a guy who who you know he is he's out there stumbling and he finds it and he buries it again and he buys and he gives up everything. I can't give up everything for for that. You have a guy who's seeking pearls. He wants the beautiful things. And and when he finds them he sells everything for it. Um this really when you when you take it outside of the realm of self and saying, "Okay, am I seeking what is good of God?" Well, I hope you are. But you didn't start that. If I if, if if I find the treasure, was I looking for it? No. Half the time when I find it, I don't want it because it's not a treasure to me, like you said. It's foolishness. But when I take it out of myself and I and I say, okay, here's here's Jesus who who dug in the dirt for me and and he found me and then and then he he kind of let me exist in where i was but he bought and paid everything that i would be his um you know i'm that pearl that he was seeking out and he found and he gave everything for me it changes now, that that tale except for the fact they say that in the book too that in every in every parable the man is always christ except when it isn't and that's in verse 52 so 
I would definitely say there is a pattern. There's a lot of times when the subject of the parable is Jesus, is God. So for us to say that this uh, parable of the treasure and the parable of the pearl uh, can be in reference to Christ and we are that treasure, I don't think it's beyond the scriptures for us to say that it's also because of Christ and the working of the Holy Spirit, that's us as well. So... Your reference in verse 52, for those who are maybe don't have their Bible open, his reference is um, Jesus continues as he responds to the people who have gathered. He said, he said to them, therefore, every expert in the law who has been trained as a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like an owner of a house who brings out of his treasure both new things and old things. Now, I agree with you. He's referring to, in that case, he is definitely referring, the man is this expert of the law. But that is a, that, that particular illustration is not contingent on the previous illustrations. I'm not saying it's, it, I'm just saying the proof that they were saying is in every parable, the man is Jesus. So right. thus it has to be Jesus here. Right. So they, they, they said that very strongly in the book. I think uh, for us, it's a parable. And I think, we need to let the, the scripture be and sit and and, and not um, confine the Holy Spirit and say this is the only way that this can be interpreted. And, and I would agree with you that that we do have to leave room for the Holy Spirit. Um, the, only pro, the, only, the only issue that I would caution in that regard is that you're running the trend, the man is Christ, the man is Christ. And then when you get to 52, Jesus specifically says, this is an illustration about someone else other than me. <laughs> Um, so, so I would say there's that, but, but then there's that other point that, that comes in at how much are you finding yourself in the finding, finding yourself in the hunting of the pearl, because how much guilt comes in when you're not, I mean, it's real easy to look at the parable and say, this is where I should be. This is what I should have done. This is how I should live. But now let's step back. And, and this is where the book, I think did a great job of painting that picture how good are you in that? Are you are you going to give and sell everything for the value of of the 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 gospel ministry? Everything for that that word of Christ for the sacraments. Um, you know we've had we've had vacancies, and and both you and I know there have been times where we've wanted to stand before our churches and vacancy churches and bring out the communion set and say, "How just, much is this worth?" You're taking the words right out of my mouth. I told him that story. <laughs> How much is this worth to you, right? We want to say to those say things. I had to say that. The, yeah. So anyway. But but it's one of those things where I wonder, I, I I wonder if we are placing because we are gravitating towards that when we first read it, if we place undue weight upon us as these people who should be this, and we're not. And I don't necessarily gravitate toward the guilt. I sometimes think of of the um, when you're looking at the gospel. And you're saying, I want to share this gospel, the kingdom of heaven with other people. Who's going to give up their hedonistic ways? Who's going to give up any of all those all of those things? And you, you look at that and you say, uh, what we have to offer them is pain and suffering and denying themselves. Who's going to, who's going to ever going to give up a life where they can do everything they want? It seems like everything is, is going just fine. Uh, they can spend their money as they wish. They can spend their time as they wish. Who's going to give all that up? So this is a parable to me, first of all, speaks of, the gospel does have a power to get people to do things that you would think are impossible, that they would sell everything that they have, or they would look at everything that they've looked at before, everything they've pursued before and said, that's all rubbish. Now I want to pursue the gospel. 
But so, I, I see your point about right. the guilt as well. So I just. So I here's the question: Does God ask you to give up everything? So, so Jesus I know, does. I know that we are to keep Him first in our life, but I, I think we also have to step back and say, you know, not not every person who is brought in faith is asked to be the one to give up every dime and and to put themselves on the chopping block. Um, I think sometimes we get it in our head that every Christian was a martyr. You know, when you go back into history and you're like, they were persecuting it. Every Christian died. How are you here? Not every Christian died. Now, were Christian? did Christians give their life? Yes. Did they give up everything? Some. Mm-hmm. Did Paul? Yes. Did Peter? He still had a wife. <laughs> That's a good caution, because if we start looking for martyrdom, if we start looking for persecution, we end up in monasteries and saying, well, we, we, our lives must be miserable in order to follow Christ. And that's, that's not what I was saying, but I, I understand what you're saying. But that's the caution, right? That, <clears throat> because when we look at this and we say, okay, if I don't, and this is where the guilt comes in, because, because if you're, if you're going to read this and say, here's this treasure, I have not given up everything for it, yeah. now maybe I don't value it as much. But if you look at this and say, okay, first and foremost, and, and I'm, not decide, I'm not saying, okay, the Spirit can't say this is us also in our reflection to God's Word. But if we first and foremost say this is Jesus, and he saw you <clears throat> lying in the dirt, and, 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 and he gave everything, which is a scriptural, you know, he gave up the glories of heaven. He humbled himself. He gave everything to the point of death for you so that he could buy you back. Um, He paid the penalty. When we look at that and we say, okay, first and foremost, we're the ones in the ground. Mm -hmm. And, And Jesus dug us up and found us. And Jesus is the one that gave everything so that we could be his now I can approach my value <clears throat> with the rest of this. <laughs> That's a, it's a good cautionary tale because, you know, when the disciples say, uh, we've left everything to follow you, Jesus does, you know, say anyone who hasn't left their father and mother and all those things will certainly not re- receive their reward. Um, but then you, you start thinking, boy, he could have just really railed on him like, uh, what did I give up, guys? I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Boy, could he? <clears throat> By the way, um, how many of you have died? Uh, how, going to die? die. Um, you know, glories of heaven. Anyone to come down to this swaller? <laughs> I'm living in a van down by the river. (laughs) (laughs) And it it doesn't even start. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know where I used to live? (laughs) So, yeah, you have this. You do. You you have um, something, I think, being being given here that that you can and I'm I'm not denying it because I used to let this let the spirit guide us. But so often I you hear sermons that guide it in one direction. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> that's I appreciated that about the book about the text because uh, of the book uh, of the we were the treasure that Jesus uh, stumbled upon that Je- we are the pearl that Jesus sought out and found. Um I appreciate that, but I just felt that they overstated that point to saying that it, it must be that one. Um I, I did appreciate that they, you know, near the end of that chapter of the book, and, and this was something that I guess we don't think about, but they had wrote a comment that um, <laughs> that something to the effect of um, the entire world is on an exhausting treasure hunt. <laughs> uh, I thought that was so very true, um, that we are, in the world in which we live, um, we're all looking for that 
dare to be great moment, that dare to be great something where, where it's going to carry us to the rest of, you know, we all want to be the winner of that lottery ticket so that we can quit our jobs and we can, we can kind of take it easy and have, we all want to have that perfect situation where I don't have to put in a lot of work, but I get paid a huge amount of money. We all want that perfect spouse that when we come home, everything is ready and, and prepared for us. We all, you know, fill in the blank of whatever treasure it is that you want. You know, we want that one that one place where I'm connected to nature and yet I have all the amenities of of not having to go to the outhouse, um, you know, so that we can we can have have our cake and eat it too. And it's this exhausting treasure hunt um, and and then you recognize and realize and come to terms with um, the most valuable thing gave up everything so that you would become his most valuable. Yeah, um, we just got done with the second article of the Apostles' Creed and Confirmation class, and just those, all of those pictures—redemption, redeem, buyback. You were you were without Christ. We were you know slaves to sin, slaves to death, slaves to 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 uh, um, um, the devil. And, and he bought at a price. He bought at a price, and we are worth something to him, um, and even though we have no worth to him. Right. Our worth is not found in ourselves, but because he decides that we had worth. You know, and, and I'll admit it, you know, and, and coming into this parable, it just reminds me, and maybe it's my own insecurities, but one of my, probably one of my worst evangelism moments <laughs> in ministry, my worst evangelism moment in, in ministry was I was sitting in... Um, a restaurant in in winter. It was the restaurant where everybody in the community kind of went for morning um, mm-hmm. breakfast, <clears throat> and I was eating my breakfast there. And uh, um, I was known in the community, kind of as as pastor. Everybody just called me pastor. That was just kind of how it was. Um, and a guy came up and and he said, "Well, everyone calls you pastor." And I said, "Yeah." And, and he said, uh, "I didn't know him. Didn't know if he was a member of the community. I'd never seen him before." But he said, "I just want to let you know that I gave my heart." To Jesus, I don't know how many years ago that he had done that. And um, my response in the middle of eating my eggs and bacon uh, was, why would God want that horrible thing? Um, and it's to my shame, I was not in the, the, the greatest of moods to, to be engaging and sharing the hope and comfort of Christ. And do I believe that the words that I spoke were correct in the sense that, yeah, we can give nothing we can truly give nothing to our Lord that he would value, that would make up for what he gives to us, that that we can do something to then spawn, uh, spurn him to give to us. Um, but was that the time for me to have said that? Um, <clears throat> no, it was not. Uh, but in this parable, we have Jesus who is saying, look at what I'm doing. Look at all the things I'm doing. I'm sowing the seed, right? Um, I'm I'm the one out there who's watching over the the. The field, even when the weeds are growing, and and I'm I'm still tending to my my crop, um, you know I'm giving the faith that's as small as a mustard seed, yet it's going to grow, <clears throat> and it's going to be this huge plant. I'm doing all of this work, um, and then he gives to you, he buys you, purchases you, and then he gives you. Coming into fifty two, I see where this is. He then gives you the opportunity to carry those treasures, so that like in fifty two, you're now one trained to bring them out, right? I can give them away. And that's kind of probably a good connection too, right? Where where God treasured us enough, spent everything for us, and then gives us all of the treasure <laughs> to kind of give away. Um, you know, that's an interesting, interesting look at it. I have a question though. Yeah. <clears throat> so my question comes in in the first the first parable of the field. Um, 
wording, I, I guess maybe I get caught up in the wording, but do you find it interesting how he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field? Now, the, that's not the interesting part. <laughs> the interesting part is, which a man found and hid again. <laughs> and then and then he go and then notice how it ends. In his joy, right? In his joy, he goes away, sells all that he has, buys the field. Period. He doesn't tell us what he does. He doesn't tell us why well, I went back and dug up the treasure. <laughs> he just, I found the treasure, I buried it again, and then in joy I bought everything around him. Everything around that treasure. Is there is there a commentary somewhere in there? I mean, I'm sure there's a sermon somewhere in there. <laughs> so if, if we're looking at this, first of all, in terms of Christ finding us, it, it does seem a little bit odd for us to think of Jesus stumbling upon us in a field and then, oh, I want I want that person too. Um, but it, it doesn't, it, it flows with the the sower sows and, and, and his heart cries out, oh, what of that, what of that? The careless nature of, of the gospel going out. So you, I can definitely see Christ as the one who stumbles on it because it seems like the gospel is just going out like um, there doesn't seem to be intentionality to how the gospel comes to some, some individuals. Maybe it's even me. that It doesn't seem like you know, nobody sought me out and found me and like I didn't have a, a conversion experience where somebody came and talked to me and some big missionary came and talked to me. No, it was just a simple thing. Uh, water and word went and it just seemed like it was like many other baptisms in a church that no longer exists. So it's like, what is this? So is it valid if it no longer exists? <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is. So, and then you can also see it in terms of the the Christian who is 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 living their life, and all of a sudden the gospel is, comes to them in some way, and then all of a sudden the gospel leads them to say, "This is a treasure. This is something that's important. Uh, this is and and so then they're like, "Oh, but I have all this other baggage that I got to get rid of um, because of that gospel." So I could I could see both of those things. Uh, the it's just a neat picture of stumbling upon a treasure. But the, the, the point, and, and I agree with the, the whole stumbling upon a treasure, and I think that is a, it is neat. Uh, and just as a comment to that, and maybe we can come back and talk about it, I think there's there's a lot to be said in connection with that concept, with the concept of election. God elects us in the process of Christ winning us and, and, and working for us and doing this work. Um, so we are, we are elected from all eternity to be in Christ. It is Christ's active work. But the part that I find interesting, and, and this is the part that I, I that I kind of was was keep coming back to, is he hit us again. So he he buries us again. He he buries us again, and we're never told he unburies us. <laughs> well, okay. So what is the? Isn't it always you want one point of every parable because you can kind of, if you get lost in the weeds and try to make every every parable, every detail of every parable, eventually then you got to figure out what, what does each little detail mean. So that's would be my only caution. Like why the, sure. the height, are we going to put deeper meaning to the hiding part or yes. is it just because <laughs> you're Will Harley? Um, because, or do you just look at the, the bigger concept of stumbling upon something, finding value in it and then uh, getting it? Well, and and I agree with all that, but I but I you know there is something to be said that maybe finding a deeper meaning in the fact that he hit it again, and we're not told what happens because I think sometimes we think I'm a Christian, things should change. I'm a Christian, my life should all of a sudden like, not necessarily my inner life, but the life around me should all of a sudden become roses without thorns. 
and, and this idea that, oh, I, I'm, I've been brought to faith now through the Holy Spirit. I've been brought to faith now uh, through the waters of baptism. Christ has found me, and, and the gospel is mine, and this is awesome. But man, my life sure doesn't look any different. My job still is horrible. I'm, I'm still dealing with my taxes, and I'm dealing with my bills, and I'm dealing with my in-laws, and I'm, whatever the case may be. And I think there's something to be said that that the Lord finds you and, and then he kind of just, he lets you be where you were planted. He, he kind of lets you be where, where you are, and he still finds value in you. And, and I, I think there is some joy in knowing that, that just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean that everything around me is now going to be not dirty, but yet I'm still valuable. Christ still paid everything for me. Um, it is still mine. Um, and I think there is some there is some value in saying, you know, um, th- we're not like the dragnet all the time where he pulls us out and now we were in the water and now we're out of the water. We're not like the the pearl where he finds the pearl and now it's going to be with the rest of the pearls on a shelf, you know, they're this pristine, you know. We are we're going to be in the community. We're going to be around the people where where dirt is and and yet we're still valuable and and we're still going to be in it. I think there's something there. That you can you maybe not the point the yeah. f- the focus point, but but something to be said about saying this still is yeah you're circling circling around the concept of we have value because Christ puts value on us and it doesn't matter what our situation is in life right. we are we are valuable to Him because of His grace right. um, so that's what that's what gives us value so that's uh, that speaks a lot of comfort to the to the Christian who says oh my life is is terrible or my life is going okay or it's not going anywhere we still have value because of christ and what he has done and and i think it also then comes back to the parable of the weeds which he had said just before which is the there are going to be weeds among these wonderful valuable things that i have planted and i have found and i'm not going to uproot those things because it's going to harm the ones that i value I, i think there is some loose connection between some of these as he's dealing with the the concepts of the kingdom um, you know, the kingdom of God is is the Lord working in your heart, and then through your heart, He works into the world around you, um, where you are, and and where you are might not be pretty, and where you are may be may still very dirty. Um, so I think there's some some wonderful joy there. <clears throat> um, any other thoughts about about some of these? Uh, like I said, this is the ending show. We got some parables, two two verses, two parables in a section filled with parables that we completely ignored. <laughs> that sounds like us. <laughs> I'm ready to wrap up the show. I don't really have anything else to say. Well, did we give other them than, their money's worth? Other than... Did we, did we give them their money's worth? Their money's worth? Yeah. I mean, they all paid to... To come to be, here. <laughs> to be listened. Oh, wait, they no. gave up something. We though. paid. <laughs> <laughs> We find them valuable, so we gave everything. <laughs> what would what would casting nets be without Will saying something that's really borderline blasphemous <laughs> and offensive? It just wouldn't be a show. It just wouldn't be a show, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I, okay. I I think this is definitely the place where where we can say you know you wrap up on a good on a good note where you have uh, two parables, um, 
you have the scandalous nature of the parable, which is God finds value in you when when you are at your lowest. Um, and then also the scandalous nature of we have a value in one who gave up everything for us, and now we can give up everything for him um, because he continues to find us, continues to provide for us, continues to give to us that we can give to others. What a What a rich blessing it is to end the scandalous stories of our Lord and Savior Jesus.